Good evening, everybody. So uh, my community, the Companions, every year we have a summer conference. And uh, sometimes we stay in Colorado, sometimes we go to Minnesota to visit the Companions in Minnesota. We've been in different places. One year, uh, pretty early into my time at Lourdes, I think it was actually right when I got here, we had some friends and benefactors who sent us up into Wyoming, and we went on a fishing trip. And I am not a fisherman, uh, but uh, a number of our guys in the community are, and Dr. Tim Gray came with us, it was great, and he was like, he gave conferences, it was a great trip. I know you have friends like this, so uh, in our community, we have a couple guys that it gives me no greater joy than to see them lose, right? There's like nothing better. You're like, yes, Jesus, I know you love me. This is the best day ever. <clears throat> but we were up there, and we were actually fishing on a river, and we were in boats. And I was in a boat with, with Tim and, uh, and my, good, my good friend, Father Nathan Goble. There's nothing better on earth than seeing him lose. And so Nathan is a great fisherman. He's a very talented fisherman. We're on these boats, and Tim Gray is next to me, and he says, Father Nathan, 100 bucks on who catches the next fish and gets it in the boat next. And Nathan's like, <laughs> nerdy biblical scholar, you're on. So they both cast out their, their lines, and they're fishing, and all of us are like, this is like, this is pretty epic. And Nathan gets a fish on the line pretty quickly. I'm like, okay, that's, that's that. Well, 30 seconds later, Tim gets a, a fish on the line. I'm like, okay, this is good. And so all the, the different boats we have, they all kind of start drawing near because everybody wants to see this. And the two are kind of talking trash back and forth, as happens between biblical scholars and priests. And they're back and forth, and it's fun to just watch. And... Dr. Gray pulled his fish in about three seconds before Father Nathan. And it was the most glorious scream I have ever heard in my entire life. And Father Nathan just like fell on his knees in his boat, like pulling his hair out. And I was like, Jesus, help me never to forget this moment. <laughs> like, this is amazing. In that story, in that, that day, I'll never forget. Like, I, again, I'm not a fisherman. Some of you probably are. It took a while for them to get those fish into the boats. And, you know, I think we probably all know this, is it's something a lot of fishermen do, is they'll let a fish kind of wear itself out. And they'll let go of the line, and, and the fish will, you know, flee away from the boat, and they'll kind of rein it in a little bit, and they'll let it wear itself out. And that's, to my knowledge, that's kind of how you catch a fish. Uh, and tonight I want to use that analogy and I want to talk to you tonight. My, the main thing I wanted you to get tonight is that there is hope that Jesus Christ will catch the whole world. And you and I, as men and women of faith, we're not called to a faith and a hope that's small, brothers and sisters. We're called to a huge hope. A massive hope. You and I, there's, there's an old song the CFRs in New York wrote that just says, 
We have a hope in Jesus that all things would be made well. All things. So tonight, last night I, I was preaching and I realized I, my homily was a little bit too academic, so I cut some of that out tonight. Uh, but Matthew in our gospel tonight, he quotes the first reading. Our first reading is Isaiah 9. Matthew quotes it. And I won't go into the details, but if you, if you want to yourself, I, what, I, what Matthew actually does is he takes Isaiah 9, but he changes a few things, and he meshes it with Isaiah chapter 42. And there's a reason he does that, but we're not going to go into that. That was last night's homily. If you ever want to come to two masses, you know, there's benefits. But here's what, here's what I want to get to. What happens tonight is in Matthew 4, Matthew, one of the words he changes from the first reading is he says, let me turn to it really quick, he says, he quotes Isaiah 9. He says, Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, towards the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Why is Zebulun and Naphtali, why is that the land of darkness? It's the first land in the ancient world that, and in the, year, the 8th century BC, is the first part of Israel that was conquered by pagans. And so the Assyrians in the year 722 BC, they come in and they conquer the northern tribes. And the first two are Zebulun and Naphtali. And they bring darkness to the land where God's light is meant to shine. But here's what, Isaiah, here's what Matthew does. Is he takes Isaiah's quotation of this. Isaiah prophesies. He says, someday in the future, that land of darkness is going to see a great light. But in Isaiah, it doesn't say the people who sat. It says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And Matthew, again, we don't have time to go into it, he changes it from the people who walked in darkness to the people who sat. And here's the image I want to give you, and another one, and I won't go into it. If you want to look it up, read Psalm 1. Psalm 1 has things to say about this. But here's the deal. You know when you have like a stubborn dog or a stubborn horse? I know all of you have stubborn horses. But like you see in a movie, right? And if, if you're taking your dog for a walk, and your dog is like, you're walking your dog, and some other dog peed and left it a message, right? And they're like, they're like I've got to read this email. And you're like, come on, right? And the dog will walk the other way. But if it really gets stubborn, it's just going to stand there. And then if it gets even further, if it gets really, really stubborn, it'll just sit. And it won't move. Okay, I, I take it back. I'm going to read Psalm 1 to you. Psalm 1 says this. Not the whole thing, just the, just the intro. Psalm 1 says this. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And in Psalm 1 right there, that opening verse it, it gets worse and worse. Blessed is the man who walks not 
in the way in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Sin gets worse, brothers and sisters, when you and I, right, and, and, and when you go to confession sometimes, the way when we go to confession, we usually think, I did that wrong, I did this, you know, I got angry at Father Brian because, you know, his homilies are so long, I sped in traffic, whatever. It's worse when you have an attitude towards God, and you're just going to sit there. I know you've had this. I've had it in my life. What I'm not, I didn't just do something wrong. I said a bad word. I was mean to someone. I missed a prayer. Lord, I sat in my wickedness. I sat in unforgiveness. I remained in a place of judgment and of cold-heartedness to you. The best image of this ever, that I've encountered at least, uh, comes from a book you shall read. It's called Brideshead Revisited. Father Goronsky always said that this was the greatest Catholic novel ever written. Brideshead Revisited, is, and we're going to tie all this together. Brideshead is a story of great conversion. It's an amazing story. The first half of the book, you meet these characters. It's a British story. Evelyn Waugh is a British writer. The first half of the book is filled with debauchery and sin and people who have fallen in love with worldly things, as all of us have. So people do that, but then people in the church, the Catholics in the story, are probably worse. They're judgmental and rigid and cold and lifeless. The second half of the book, and this will draw us to our conclusion of tonight's homily, the second half of the book, and I'll explain it, Waugh titles the second half of the book, A Twitch Upon the Thread. A Twitch Upon the Thread. We'll get to that in one second. But here's Waugh, when he talks about sitting in sin, one of the characters, Julia, who's a Catholic, she's in an affair. A long-standing one. It wasn't a one-night screw-up. It was a committed, adulterous affair. And she says this when she realizes how bad it is. She says, I've been living in sin. Not just doing wrong. Living in sin. With sin. By sin. For sin. Every hour, every day, year in and year out. Waking up with sin in the morning. Seeing the curtains drawn on sin. Feeding it, showing it around, giving it a good time. Putting it to sleep at night. She goes on, her mother in the story is, is on her, is she's dying. And Julia says, Mom, dying with my sin. My sin eating at her more cruelly than her own deadly illness. Mom dying with it. 
Christ dying with it, nailed hand and foot. She goes on and on. It's a really powerful scene of conversion. Tonight, Matthew says that the land of Zebulun and Aphtali was not a land that just walked in sin. It was a people who sat in darkness. Today I was in Golden, and uh, I was getting some coffee. And I was, I was in my collar, and there were these two girls talking behind me. And there wasn't, like, anything really bad they said. They just seemed really selfish to me. And so they don't know that they were judged by a priest this morning. Um, but I kind of had this moment of despair. And I was like, Lord, are, is any, how are we ever going to get back to Christianity? I read a report this week about the growing people who are leaving Christianity the, in large numbers. And these, these two young women were just talking about how important it is to make boatloads of cash. My heart just broke. And here's what I want to give you tonight. In that book, when, when Evelyn Waugh and Brideshead are revisited, he calls the second half a twitch upon the thread. And what he's doing there is he's quoting another quote. I know there's a lot of quotes tonight. He's quoting G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton, in his Father Brown stories, there's a scene where the, Father Brown is a priest who's a detective. Can't wait for that to happen to me. <laughs> but Father Brown, in one of the stories, he catches this thief. And Father Brown says, I caught him with an unseen hook and an invisible line, which is long enough to let him wander to the ends of the world and still, and still to bring him back with a twitch upon the thread. I caught him with an unseen hook and an invisible line, which is long enough to let him wander to the ends of the world and still to bring him back with a twitch upon the thread. The second half of Brideshead Revisited is a story of how every heart in that story was made for God. And all along in Julia's wanderings and her adultery, Sebastian, her brother, and his dissolute lifestyle and his addiction to drugs and all kinds of things. God let them wander all the way to the ends of the world. And it brought him back with a twitch on the thread. People who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who live in the valley of the shadow of death, a light has risen. Brothers and sisters, tonight, God wants to win the whole world. There's two girls behind me this morning. God loves them. And I kept wondering, I know there's something in their heart that says there's got to be more than money. 
There's got to be more than just living for the next meal or the next party or the next boyfriend. And there is. The church exists to catch the whole world in its net. And tonight, as we end here, right, tonight at the end of the gospel, Jesus calls the first apostles. You and I, it feels like right now, to me at least, it feels like we live in a land of darkness. We've embraced, when it, just when I, I always think, we've, we've gone to the limit. There's nothing more immoral that we can come up with. There's always something more that culture comes up with. You and I are called to be light in the darkness. Zebulun and Naphtali, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus, may you bring all of us back. May you bring our culture back with a twitch upon a thread.